shift in the plan, but it, it worked out well. You know, the, the powerful thing is, I always tell people, maybe some of you are at home, that you know, you could get caught in a situation where you feel like you need to receive communion and you don't have official unleavened bread or you don't have grape juice or wine, and I believe you can use a, a saltine cracker and a Dr. Pepper if need be because the representation is the important part. Obviously, we want to follow the Scripture, follow the Word, but if, man, if we're caught in a position to where that's all we have, then, man, a, a, or a Lay's potato chip, whatever, whatever you need to represent that because it's our faith that's released. And, you know, that's what I'm talking about is, is uh, faith. I've called this today um, having faith that moves mountains. You know, we've been teaching over the last three weeks, I guess, on the faith of Abraham. I called it, Can You See What God Sees? And we're going to wrap this up. It, 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 we're going to go beyond where we were in, in the new territory and, and look at some things. But, you know, I, I challenge you with everything we do in our walk with God is through faith. You know, we can't see God. We can't always, maybe you, you don't hear God. and He doesn't show up like he did to Abram, you know, in, in, in the image of uh, an angel or, or, in an Im or, or his voice speak, you know. We, we don't always hear and experience God outwardly like that. It's, it's cool when we do. When I've experienced God not, not had an angel show up, that, that would be, uh, we think that would be cool. That might be really scary. But uh, nonetheless, there, there is the voice of God. And there is the, but there's more importantly than that to me is the knowing that absolutely God is with me in every given in, or in any given situation. You know, uh, I, I, I wrote this down. I want to read this. Can you, can you be unmovable, settled in your faith, allowing no doubt? We would call this being fully convinced. Would you like to pray and receive your prayers answered? You know, that's a challenge. I, I, could, I could just ask the question for anybody, and i got to grab something, sorry. Uh, for anybody who is... Uh, has prayed more than probably three prayers, you've probably had a prayer that maybe didn't seem to be answered or you didn't see the answer. And, and, and we've certainly prayed at times, if you've prayed a lot, you've prayed at times when you didn't get the results that, that you necessarily asked for. Maybe it didn't come out like exactly you planned. But, but I want you to look at, and that's the reason that I took you through the process that God took Abram through so that Abram became Abraham, that Sarai, his wife, became Sarah, and how God transformed their life from being unable uh, to conceive to able to conceive, to be childless for uh, 90, well, till he was 99 and she was 90, uh, you know, to be childless and, and well proven to fail at what God said they could have. But everything was changed when they got to a place that they were fully convinced. And, I, and I, want you to, I want you to see, first of all, though, how Jesus taught his disciples and how this ties over into the New Testament. All of, the, all of what Abram went through, uh, you, can, you can see it. I can see it. And I'm going to teach. Let's go to Mark chapter 11. And uh, I want you to go to verse 23. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about uh, the time when Jesus cursed the fig tree and then taught about it. And I don't want to take the time to read all about it, but I will just point out verse 14 and Mark chapter 11. And we're going to, if you're still turning, don't worry about it. It'll be okay. But he says, he says, uh, then he said to the tree, may no one eat, ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Now, there's something significant about that, that, that Jesus used the example of the fig tree of speaking to something, an inanimate object, and it listening and obeying. The results of what he prayed, even though it was inconceivable, even though, you know, just because it was Jesus to them, they still saw that. They realized, man, it, something just happened. There was a transfer of power. There was a force of faith. There was something happened there. And then it says, then they went into the tent, on into Jerusalem, and they were coming back by. Uh, it's a different gospels have at different times, somewhere between 24 and 48 hours, but a period of time. I don't believe the time is necessarily important. Just like Abram and Sarai went through 24 years of a process to get to the baby being born or even conception. 
And more importantly than that, and we'll see it in a little bit, remember when God changed their name in chapter 17 and they began to speak what God said, they still had doubts. We're going to see that. And I saw some things that I've never seen. I've taught this for years and years and years, and God showed me some things in how to communicate this. It's so powerful today that I'm excited about. But, I, but before we get there, I want you to see what he says about this. When they, when they said in verse 20, In the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered, and he said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Now, now notice Jesus wasn't, you know, walking right up to the tree and say, see, boys, he was walking on by. I, I believe that God, you know, has this idea, and we even see this over in, in, in the story of Abraham and Sarah, how he settled it. He said his word, he spoke his word, and it was done. And in fact, the terminology that he used over back there in Genesis, one time he says, as for me, this is, this is my covenant. This is my promise. This is where I stand. What are you going to do? See, there's a lot of times people just lay it all on God and, and instead of taking this process of understanding God's Word and speaking God's Word in faith. You know, I think that, that, that people don't like to go through the process sometimes. We just want to pray and get it fixed, right? And, and in fact, sometimes the reason we're praying is because we don't want to deal with, we're afraid, we're, we're scared. And, and you know what? God understands that He still loves us. And, and a lot of times in, in His compassion and grace and love and mercy for us, we can, we can speak stuff or pray stuff, and, and, and there's times we get answers. But listen, when, when the situation is, is very certain, and I have a promise from God. And as we grow and as we mature in our faith where God is concerned, we can go through that process to be at a point and a place that we'll see where what the difference for Abram was is he, he and Sarah become, became fully convinced. They had faith that moves mountains. Now here's, here's part of the problem is a lot of times we come to God with Mount Everest mountains instead of coming to Him with, you know, the Red Hill mountains. You know, and, and where I grew up in, in, on the ranch in Watonga, right by Romano State Park, we had this one hill we called, uh, we called the Red Hill. And it's just like all of those gyp, red jip hills. I love it. You know, you get down there in that rugged country, the gloss, glass mountains, uh, you know, ending up kind of that's the southern, I guess maybe the southern end of it, that, that same type of mountain, just a little bit lower, a little bit smaller. You've probably been to Romano's. You've probably seen that where it has the layers and, and, and the clay and the gypsum. And, and it, they won't, you know, it's like for years and years and years, they stay. They don't, they, it's like they can't deteriorate anymore. It's a strange thing. But a lot of those will have this same little deal is there was this, this side that was all shale or all uh, yeah, shale rocks and those flat rocks and, and, and you couldn't climb it because there was too much debris. But there'd be this one little high ridge that would go to the top and it'd start out really wide. And I used to take my dirt bike and we'd jump those and, and ride up those a ways and then come back down and, and, and have all this uh, fun time. But, but I remember taking my little, little buddies and, and all, the, all of my friends' parents learned that when they sent their boys to our house to stay the night, you didn't send good clothes and you didn't send light, send light colors because you were going to come back with red dirt on everything. All right, because we were going to go down in the hills and we were going to crawl around. We were going to do a lot of, a lot of fun boy stuff. But here's the thing. On that ridge, you would climb that mountain and, and as you got, or that hill, as you got higher up, it got narrower and narrower and there was a one little point at the top there was always the challenge. And I remember as a, you know, seven, eight-year-old boy, even up to 10 or 12, and even, even as an adult, uh, the only difference was we were tall enough to maybe stand where the footing was still secure and grab the grass at the top, and you could kind of climb over it. But you had, to, you had to go up where it was very narrow, very precarious, and it, it was a difficult thing. You know, but that mountain was able to be overcome by a 10-year-old boy. Once in a while, we'd slide off the edge and get some scrapes and end up at the bottom in a pile. But you know, most of the time, we could conquer that one. See, here's the thing. A lot of times, we, we come to God only when we have a Mount Everest instead of coming to God with our red hills. But if we'll learn to come to God 
with all of those and develop that faith, that process. See, that's part of what God did with Abram. He took Abram through a process of understanding and knowing who he was. And, and that's what Jesus was doing right here. He says, I'm speaking to the fig tree. I'm showing you what to do. I'm showing you what the power of your words can be. And then he, he says in verse 21 again, Peter remembered and said to Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed is withered. And he immediately Jesus' response was, have faith in God. Jesus answered, truly I tell you that if anyone... Okay, so let me ask you, are you an anyone? I mean, you, you qualify. And now, anyone being a disciple, a follower of Christ, all right, that, that would be the one qualifier. It wasn't anyone of you standing here. I don't see, and some will try to say, well, you know, that, that was just with the disciples, or that was just with the early church, or that's just passed away. And you've just set a roadblock between you and the miraculous and the power of God being released. But if we'll, if we'll choose to say, okay, God, show me your process. Grow me in my ability to take on, first of all, the red hills. And, and, and then maybe, you know, a, a smaller mountain, a, a different challenge. We can get to the point where we can move regardless of the size of the mountain. We have the faith and we, because we have the God who can do it. Amen? So he says, truly, I tell you that if anyone says to this mountain... Go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it'll be done for them. That's a wild thing. I mean, you, you, you'd have to discount that or question that if it wasn't written in red, right? If you've got a red-letter Bible, you know that when it's written in red, what's that mean? Jesus said it. And Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he's saying, Look, I want you to understand the power of your words. But again, a lot of times we've gone to God only when we had a Mount Everest or only when we've had uh, the Rockies in front of us instead of when we have our small things so we haven't developed a faith to believe Him in those situations because what happens is we'll have faith in our heart and we'll pray in faith. But notice the middle part of verse 23 says, and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will it'll, it'll happen, will happen, it'll be done for them. You know, it's kind of a, a measuring stick for us. Can we pray and maintain that prayer? Can we keep our, I always say this, keep our saying in line with our praying? Can we continue to trust God after we've prayed? A lot of times we allow doubt to come back in and destroy the, our, our, our prayers that we've prayed. It's difficult when we see the natural. It's difficult when we, when we experience that. And that's the process that Abram went through and Sarah went, or Sarai went through. They began in Genesis, if you'll remember, and, and if you haven't been here, you, you can go back and watch those uh, list, or listen to those again. But that's the value of hearing this word over and over. In Genesis chapter 12, God spoke a promise to him that was so far from uh, uh, conceivable to them, they were struggling. And, and then in chapter 13, he comes back and he says it again. And the thing that I found was is, is, is every time that there was a question, there was a doubt, there was a, a, a time where they, they couldn't see it. God came back with another situation that developed their faith, brought them through the process, but he always came back to the promise, the word, and he spoke it again. When you read through those chapters, and we're not going to do it all today because I, 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 I want to get to this chapter 18, but I want you to see he again and again came back to the promise. Now, what is the process for us? This is what we do when we develop faith for a situation. We got to come back to, you hear me say it all the time, but we got to come back to the Word. What does the Word say? Because here's the thing when we can hear God speak, faith arises. When we, when we hear God, faith arises. The problem is, is there's a natural power that comes as well. The feeling, the sensing, the, the, the past history, the other times you prayed, an enemy, name the devil, who comes, who is what? The father of lies, has no truth in him. But yeah, he'll come and he'll say, yeah, you tried that before. Oh, you better not give that. You're going to need it. I know God says he'll supply all your needs, but who, but, 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 man. Or, or I know he says he's healed you. Or I know he'll give you, oh, I know, but what do you see with your eyes? See, and, and that's the struggle because we can easily 
I mean, faith is, has that energy, and, and the Word has that energy that when we read the Word, we see possibility. I mean, if we got the Spirit of God in us, and we're, and we're trusting God, we, can, we should be able to begin to read this. And if we come to God with sincerity and say, of heart and say, God, I want to know you. He ain't withholding. Can I say it a little, a little more correct? He's not withholding. Some of you get the ain't better than the not, but you know what I mean. See, he's not withholding. He's, he's generous. What's he say when we lack wisdom in James? He says, if you lack wisdom, you can ask. And he gives it liberally, gives it plentiful, gives it without reproach. He's not withholding. Uh, uh, Jesus used the example. He said, you as a natural man, for your child, if they come to you asking, what do you do? He, you give it. God's even better than, than you. And he's the same way. I love that. See, God's not withholding. But we got to be willing and able or, or willing to go through that process to receive and understand. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of times we want, we, we wait till there's a Mount Everest and we're in a, in a terrible situation and then we pray and we got to have results. So there's no time for the process. But let's develop the process. Let's allow God to grow us into, a, into a, 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 an understanding. See, a lot of times we try things and we fail and then we begin to question and the devil has a field day. See, prayer doesn't work. Or see, maybe God's not even real. You ask God. I, I love uh, Dakota's testimony on Tuesday night. He, he shared about how he said, God, I want to hear you. I mean, that's, a, that's an exciting thing when you, when you begin to hear God. I, I, I honestly was very, very blessed to experience God and hear God young and, and knew God. But I'm going to tell you what, that's, that's something that a lot of people struggle with. But I think a lot of times we're trying, we're, we're missing just the simplicity of you, you right now, God's speaking to you. You're hearing God speak through me and the Holy Spirit speaking through His Word as we read it. It's alive, it's living. So anyway... But that is difficult until we, until we grow into that process. But when we begin to grow into that process, he'll begin to speak into every area of our lives. I remember those times whenever I came to God with a problem. Now, here's the thing. God came to him with Abram and Sarah with a promise. He came to them with the promise that I'm going to make you a father of many nations, and yet they had no children. We know that story. I hope so. We've been over it the last three weeks, and I recognize that most of you have been here. At least one of the... With, that, with, that, with that, a couple of exceptions, and maybe some that are watching online. But there is a, an example of God speaking that promise. I'm going to make you something you are not. And here's the, here's the wonderful thing about that. In the beginning, and in the beginning, that's where we all are, is God's going to make us something we're not. We're sinful. We're selfish. We're wounded. We're, 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 we're scarred. We're you know, stubborn, we're, you know, we may be one of those, we may be, some of y'all are all of those. No, I'm joking. Well, we, we, I mean, really, honestly, if we've lived any life, we've got scars, we've got issues, we've got hurts, we've got things we're, that we need healed from, we've got doubts and we've got fears. We have, like Abram and Sarah, Sarai, who had practiced and failed at having babies, we have practiced and failed trying to serve God at oftentimes. And all of a sudden, we got to go to a place and a point where we can see God for who He is and the power of God to change us when we don't think we can and we couldn't do it ourselves. All we have to do is be willing to say, okay, God, you know, the first mountain we got to overcome is God's grace is enough, His love is enough. His blood is enough. The Spirit of God in us is enough, which makes you what? Enough. A lot of times the world has beat us down, beat people down to the point where there's no way they can, they can see themselves as God sees them. I, I'm telling you, I get, I get fed up with people. I, I, get, I get, you know, I get... Cynical sometimes. I'm, I'm not all the time. I'm just I'm just being honest, being real. I'm, I, I don't want you to. I don't ever want you to think because I say up here that I I love people, and and then you accidentally hear me grumble about somebody who you know 
still a human, and, and, and we still will have moments of lapses. Okay, is that, is that fair? But I love people. And, you know, there's people. I mean, we were in San Diego the last few days. Opportunity to go out there and, and really work. I, I was, we really didn't play. We went to the beach a time or two, just it's too doggone cold. If you've ever been to San Diego, the water was freezing, and, and I wasn't really wanting to body surf and surf and be shark bait and none of that. I just, you know, I'm, I'm good. We, I, I told Sue, I said, we got to walk out there and put our feet in the ocean just so we say we, so we say we did, you know, again. But here's the thing. I saw people there along the beach and along there. I mean, just by outward appearance, a lot different than me. Of course, I had my shorts and my flip-flops on. So I thought about, oh, man, I told Sue, I said, my hair's so long, I'm way overdue for a haircut. I should have pushed my hair up in a little spiky thing and got me an earring and said, hey, man, I've been, been to California, got Cali rubbed off on me. But you know what? I, I go to those situations, and I see people that are different, and I still love them. I mean, I want to hang out with them necessarily, be like them necessarily. They're different. But, you know, that's the way it is. And we, saw, we see people from every nation, from every, different, every difference. But what we want to be able to do is we want to, we want to love people. Because, see, here's the thing. We've all been in that place and in that, in, at, at that time or maybe gone somewhere where we were the odd one. Had I worn my, my boots and my jeans, I would have been the odd one there. I've been there before. We gotta have we gotta have the ability to see God as we as as He sees us. I mean, see ourselves as God sees us. That that's one of the first hurdles that we overcome, and sometimes that's a Mount Everest to some people. You know, we gotta we gotta we gotta see the trend and see. What, so here's the other the other thing about that is we also have to see that His transforming power doesn't work instantly all at once. You're a work in progress. You've heard me say that. God loves you where you're at on the way to where you're going because he sees you beyond where you're at. He chose his disciples not based on where they were, but where he knew they could be. Thank God, because that gives us all hope. You know, if Peter can make the trip, we, have, we ought to be able to do it if Paul can do it. You know, if the, if the woman at the well gets to be the first one who got, Jesus reveals himself as the Messiah to, I mean, how powerful is that? And so we got to be able to see that. So how do we get to the place? Well, let me, let me read this. There's something amazing. Would you, would you be... Well, let's read verse... Actually, let's read verse 24. He says, Therefore I tell you that whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have, re have received it, and it'll be yours. Now, we're, go we're going to talk about this a little bit, but... But he says some amazing things here. He said, would you be bold enough to speak it without knowing the God who, who promised it or, or the God who, one who gave it? See, there's that verse 24, and, that, and that's part of that process that is, is pictured in the following the faith of Abraham. It's, he says, I tell you that whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it'll be yours. It's, it's a, a measuring stick, again, to show us where we're at when we pray. A lot of times, or sometimes, maybe not a lot of times, but a lot of times, probably in the beginning, we begin to pray, and we don't have any idea whether or not we have it. In fact, a lot of times, the doubt's already settled in before you finish your prayer, and it goes from a prayer of faith to a prayer of wishing things had changed. Now, here's the, th here's the wonderful thing about God is, is God doesn't stop right there. That's the example of Abram and Sarai. He over and over again for 24 years presented his word, and when they failed or when they doubted or when they couldn't see it, he came back, not with condemnation, but he came back with the word. And the word kept changing them, kept transforming them, kept becoming more and more clear. And they went through that process of growth that I can believe, I can become fully convinced. We're going to keep looking at this, but I want you to look, uh, I want you to turn over to Romans chapter 4, and we'll look at it, first of all, when Paul recounted it, the, the, the story of Abram. 
Because I want to see what that is that process of believing. Because he said if we can believe, we can receive, we can have it. So we've got to ask ourselves, how do we get to that point? Now, following the faith of Abraham is how we get there to that place that we want to be. In Romans, let's look at verse 20 and 21 first of all. He says, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. He's talking about Abraham. But was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. See, he got to a point where he was fully persuaded. But if that's why I read the story of Abram, and Ab who became Abraham. I guess, you, I, guess I didn't remind you of that. I think most of we, we understood that, but some might not have. The story of Abraham, he, God changed his name. That was part of it. Sarai was Sarah, became Sarah, and that's the, that's the difference. And I emphasize that change because it's so powerful, powerful and a part of it. But it, notice he says, he did not waver. Verse, verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief, regarding the promise of God. And yet he had wavered how many times? For 24 years he wavered. From chapter 12, 13, 15, 17, over and over again, over that long period of time, he wavered. And, and you say, well, yeah, but it just said he wavered. Is it contradicting himself? No, the, the one thing, and this is the thing that I picked up on in my communication of this, and we'll see it over when we go back over to Genesis here in a minute, is that Paul's referring to Abraham. How long was Abram Abraham for, before he had the baby? A year. Because it says, we'll back up here in a minute, at 99, at 99 was when God changed his name. And it said, the Bible says that within a year, when the angels of the Lord and God came to, to, to Abraham, and Abraham and Sarah in, in chapter 18, they came to him and he said, at this time next year, I'm going to come back and you're going to have your baby. I'm telling you, there was a process to get there. Now you say, golly, I don't have 24 years. What are you talking about? The time's not significant. No more than with the time when Jesus cursed the fig tree was either 24 or 48 hours. It was time. That's all, it, that's, all that's, that's all that's necessary. You know, here's the thing. Sometimes it won't be 24 years of the process of developing our faith to believe, to move our mountain. Sometimes it, it, it may be 24 months. You say, man, I don't have 24 months. Well, I, I, let, me, let me just tell you, sometimes it's only 24 hours. Or we could say days first, I guess. We'll say days first. Messed up my timing. See, I don't want to give it to you all too quick. But see, here's the thing. Sometimes it's quick. I'm going to tell you what. Right now, you are in and under an anointing and in a place that if you have ears to hear and willing to hear, your faith is being stirred that the same way that God moved mountains for in Jesus' time and the way Paul referred to it, going clear back to the time of Abraham, Abraham was the man who was not wavering. Abram wavered. Sarai wavered. And they, we're going oh, to look at it. They even wavered a little bit after their name was changed. It didn't automatically happen then. But they begin to say what God said about them and call themselves what God said they were. And they... All of a sudden, within a short period of time, what's cool is, is, is 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 is 24 years. Versus uh, the 17 and into 18 over to 21 is about a year, or is a year. And in fact, that chapter 18 is only three months. Because God, what, what, how long does it take to carry a baby? Nine months. How many months are in a year? See, I can do this math with even out, without even a calculator. See, that tells me conception had to, had to take place in about three months. But how long did the process take? 24 months. Did it have to take 24 years, I mean? No. Didn't have to. 
But the wonderful thing was is God took them through that process of 23, 24 years, however long the time was. God took them through that process. It wasn't the length of time. God's not, not Time is not the same to God. We want the answer now. We want it quick. And God's more, more interested in the process and the value because here's what He can see. You're beginning from your end. That's what I love about seeing the, the process of change for you. I see your lives coming in to change because I know I can look back over, over Sue and I's 36 years of marriage where we began at the very beginning trusting God when we didn't have two nickels to rub together. And God continuing to provide for us, taking us through ministry at times when, when, I mean, it didn't all get rosy after we, you know, committed to tithe. Immediately we began to tithe and bam, there came a new car. Bam, there came a better house. Bam, there came lots of money. No. But you know what was important? The level of faith to trust Him because we needed the ability to figure out how we were going to have enough groceries for she and I. Thank God we didn't have any kids squalling at us about well, I don't want to eat that. You know, we just uh, we just eat whatever. You know, it was it was you know whatever whatever we had was enough because we chose to be in a place that we were trusting God. We set our hearts to say, God, we're going to trust you. We're moving these mountains by faith. And you know what? The process is awesome because what the process did back there when it really didn't matter so much what, what we had or what we did because it, it was just she and I. Nobody saw it. It wasn't affecting anybody. We weren't in ministry. I mean, it, it affected us. But, but God was more interested in the process of how it was going to prepare us to, to make some of the shifts and moves and step out and do and, and be willing to go the places that God called us to go. And see, here's the thing. God has a, a plan for you. It may or may not involve ministry. It may or may not be, I mean, ministry as in, as in what I'm in. But God's called you to learn to walk by faith, to have, a, have and be an example to those around you. I'm going to tell you, your greatest testimony is your life. That Whether you ever get up and share it, people will notice the change. And when you dare to begin to go into that process of trusting God and saying, God, I'm going to say about me what you say about me before it shows up. I'm wise. And, and you may still be making this bad decisions. You know what? I, I began to say, God, I, I'm wise beyond my years and experience. Long before I had any years and experience. <laughs> Now I have some experience to lean back on. But I'm not done growing. I'm not done finding out. I'm reading something I've preached. I don't know. Martha's been, mom's been as well, but Martha's been listening to me and hearing me preach this. When we were over there in Garber in that little place over in 2007 or something like that or 8, and I mean, she's heard this how many times have I gone to this because, and, and yet God brings new life to this word. I get excited about this because this is how we can survive in difficult situations, how we move the mountain, and then we see the mountain range behind the mountain, and we say, my God's still able. He's still enough. Still big enough. Look at, look at now back up to verse 17. Uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 17. He says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Let me read that again. And made you the father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he, talking about Abraham, believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls, thing, calls into being things that were not. Man, he had to first of all know God. That's what was going on in Genesis chapter 12 and 13 and 14 and 15. Even, even when he went and defeated the king's and, and, and captured Lot back, even when he went to Melchizedek, all that was a process of him learning how to trust God to get to a place that he was fully persuaded so that God could produce in him the promised child. Because here's the thing. Once he got the promised child, God wasn't done with him. He needed him to do even more. You think about this. Man, I, we, we may eventually get there. Genesis chapter 20 or 22 when, when God asks for the promised child, 
that he'd spent all this time believing for and now had raised him into his teenage years and God said, now go sacrifice him. I can tell you, Abraham couldn't, and I don't know if he told Sarah or not, but I know in the mama, he probably kept that part a secret. God, this will be between me and you because we don't want to involve Sarah in the process. <laughs> no, Sarah had the faith too. I can tell you that because that's what God does when he puts you with somebody to believe God with. But here's the thing. He was going to have to be asked to sacrifice this son he believed for. And he, and, and he didn't say, God, why? He didn't say, God, how? He simply said his faith was so strong that he had the knife and the angel of the Lord had to stop him from taking that child's life. He bound him on that altar, was ready to set it on fire after he took that. And you say, well, that's weird. Why would God do that? Remember, God didn't. He provided, and the wording is amazing, himself a lamb in the thicket. Oh, I know if you don't know this story, I apologize. I'm referring to things that are unfamiliar if you're not familiar, but we'll get there eventually. But the power of this is that that what painted the picture and made a provision for God to present his own son as the, the lamb for us. But he needed a man Willing to do that, Abraham was that man. Abraham would not have been ready or willing to, to make that sacrifice, to, to, to make that move, to do that thing. He wouldn't have been ready. See, here's the thing. A lot of times we want our mountain to be moved because we want it out of the way. We don't want to feel the pain. We don't want to feel the stress. We want it to hurry. We don't want to wait. When God says, I'm going to give you strength to get through it because I have something more important on the other side. He, he says here in verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so he became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. And let me just ask you, who said it to him? Who? God. Okay. I had some of you like in a, in a think mode. That wasn't even a hard question. Y'all knew it. But here's the thing, God, God said it to him. That's where the power came. God said it to him. Here's, here's the thing, in the process of time and us studying and us growing, what do we do? We learn who God is. We learn what he said about our given situation. We then have faith comes as a result of hearing God's word. He said you were good enough. He said you were forgiven. But I don't feel it. But I still fail. But, but I this, but I that. What happened? You believe God, and then doubt comes in. I remember arguing with God. I can't do this Christian thing. This is long before ministry. Not long before ministry, but before ministry. I'm just trying to serve God. I'm just trying to quit cussing. I'm just trying to, you know, quit having, you know, bad thoughts. I'm just trying to not be mad and angry, and, and, and I'm just trying to treat my wife right. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to live, and, 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 but I felt like I couldn't do it. But I had to take God at his word, and I had to be willing to go through God's process of growing and changing and transforming. That's what he says in Romans chapter 12, 1, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Give up to God. And then verse 2 says, man, he'll trans be transformed, be changed, changed over time. That's what that means. Metamorphosis, changed over time, changed over time. Some of y'all are in the process. Thank God. Some of you kind of like I was in the ocean when it was really cold. We're trying to snap a selfie. And I saw the waves coming, and Sue kind of had her back, and, you know, we're trying to, you know, trying to get the selfie right, and I could see the waves coming. And I was like, whoo, it's fixing to get cold. And it hit that water. It finally hit us. We hadn't got actually in the water yet. That water hit us. It, boy, it's cold. See, some of you just barely tipping, tipping toe on you. It's like, I show up at church. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, God. I'll give you, whoops. And just jump in. Because I can tell you this. When we do that, that's when we begin that we begin the process of releasing our God. You know what? Here's the thing. You're not going to get it all worked out before you surrender to God and give it all. He's going to take you through a process. He'll defeat every foe before you. But you've got to be His. 
Man, what a powerful thing. He says, he believed against all hope. There was no way. Some of you have tried and failed so many times, you think it can't happen. May not be you here. Maybe it's just those online. No, I think it could be some here. Here's the thing. Like Peter, like Paul, like Abraham, or Abram, he saw it all, and he still came to him with the word. He still presented it to him. See, here's the thing. We've got to be willing to go through those, that process and allow God in his word to, begin to, to continually transform. He said, in the midst of hope, against all hope, in other words, against all natural, there was no hope in the natural, but he in hope believed. What was, where did that in hope begin when God spoke? Every time God showed up, he gave him the promise. A new hope arose. Some of you have felt like you, you, you felt like a hypocrite because you've come to God so many times with the same thing, and I say just keep coming. Keep coming. <clears throat> he said, in hope believe, so that he became the father of many nations. Verses 19 through 21, it says, I, I wrote this down. He, he, he came to a point through the process of building his faith in God that he was fully convinced and unwavering. Notice down there at the bottom, he finally got to that point. But Paul is teaching about Abraham, the man who changed his name, the man who began to say what God said about him, and the man who ultimately over that short period of time was transformed. Now, now, in a few minutes we got left, go to Genesis chapter 18. We're going to get there. I got to show you something. First of all, in, in chapter 17, verse 1, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am Almighty God. Remember what God did for him. He said, I'm going to show you a new part to me. I'm going to show you a new a piece of me. I'm going to show you a new picture of me. I'm going to change my name. God Almighty means El Shaddai in the Hebrew. He said, I'm going to show you a new aspect of me. He says, walk before me fully and be blameless. Then I will make you, make a covenant between me and you. You'll be greatly increased in numbers. Again, verse 4, as for me, that's where he says, as for me, this is my covenant with you, and you will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abra Abram, but your name will become Abraham, for I have made you. Who is he now? Abraham. See, he's no longer Abram. See, when you make Jesus truly Lord of your life, and, and, and you begin to apply the principles of, of God in the New Testament. You put off the old self, you put on the new. You do your part, you do your side. You're not working for salvation, but we gotta, we got to show up to do our part. We present our bodies a living sacrifice. God's not grabbing us, dragging us by our hair, throwing us on the altar. He says, you present you. Man, if we'll do that. Lord, I present myself. He'll begin to transform us. But he says, I've made you a father of many nations. And he says, I will make you. In other words, you're going to see the fruitfulness of it, but you need to understand right now, I've made you a father of many nations. Now, let's turn ahead to verse 15. God also said to, a said to Abram, Abraham, sorry, i got to get the wording right, as for Sarai, your wife, you will no longer call her Sarai, but now her name is Sarah. Now, check out verse 16. He says, I will... Bless her. I will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. That's what Sarah meant. See, God changed her to be what God said she could be. I started calling some of you leaders or some of you this or that before. I know Clarissa, she has slowly, somewhat reluctantly stepped more into a place of, of leadership of taking on some roles and some things that she wasn't exactly comfortable with. But God showed a picture of her, of, of me, to me, of her. I shared with her a month or two ago, a couple of, maybe a couple of months ago, of her just leading. She looks real confident. Sometimes you haven't been, right? Is that... Is that fair? She was shaking her head, and I thought, now, wait a minute. I thought, no, yeah, that was true. Okay, so. But she can step into it. See, here's the thing. God's not waiting for us to get there before we jump out. Sometimes we've got to step out. And we begin to say, 
is it, it becomes hard. I remember saying that I was a preacher or a pastor or a minister. That was hard. Man, it words didn't fit. Reverend still doesn't, but, you know, it's not a title thing I like. Pastor, minister. It was, not, it was uncomfortable. It was hard to wear. That was a coat that was hard to wear. But see, here's the thing. If God says you are, you are. You're not all called to pastor or preach, but we're all called to be a testimony to God. We're all called to do a lot of things. See, it said, I will do it through her. And look at verse 17. I love this. Abram fell face down. So he honored God with that. He fell face down. He was in faith, and then he laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to the man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety? And Abram said to God, If only Ishmael will live under your blessing. He said, This is where my faith is. At this moment and this time, and God had already changed his name. See, I'm telling you, doubt still came in. It's, that sounds exactly like Mark 11, 23 and 24. If you'll pray and not allow doubt to come in, you can have what you say, what you pray. Abram laughed at, at, at God, and, and what did God do? Scold him? No, he, he came back with the word. The same promise in verse 19. He says, then God said yes. Yes to what? Yes to Ishmael. I'm going to honor Ishmael, but don't you think it stops there? That's what that but means. <laughs> but your wife, Sarah, not Sarai, Sarah, will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant from his descendants after him. Man, do you see what he just did? God not only told him, I'm going to do it through Sarah, but he went ahead and named the son that he hadn't even conceived yet. See, that's where our faith's got to get to, that we can see what God said before it arrives. That's what God calling us, calling not as though it were. That's what our, our prayer of, of believing before it's received. Remember, God promised, he says, I have made you a father of many nations. It's done. No kids yet, but it's done. And yet doubt came. But I love that. He, he, he came back and hit him. Look at verse 20, 21. He, he said, I'm going to bless Ishmael in verse 20, but verse 21 he says, But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah, not Sarai, Sarah, will bear to you by this time next year. Uh-oh, he just set the time. See, the clock just shifted. Everything began to change. All of a sudden, God says, now it's done. By this time next year, again. Now, chapter 18 goes through a period of time of about, must have been three months. The three men of God, and I'm running out of time, I know that, but I'm going to wrap this up. Verse, the, 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 chapters 18, the three men of uh, the angels come. God presents himself in this form, whatever whatever that was, but they knew it was God. He, he called him Lord. Verse 9, he comes to him and he says, Where is your wife Sarah? They ask. There in the tent, he said. Now notice what they just said. Sarah, remember, mother of nations? Sarah. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Again, stating the promise. Now Sarah was listening in the interest of the tent which was behind him, and Abram and Sarah had already, were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. Here again, the problem, the negative, the natural, all the reasons why came back in. The enemy will come back to state all the reasons this won't work. You prayed that prayer before and it didn't work. That's awful big. But the doctor says... All these different things. But the, but the word was spoken again. It says in verse 20, So Sarah laughed to herself and said, as, as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, I will now have this pleasure. Well, but then the Lord come back again. Notice he didn't scold him. Scold him. Well, he kind of did. The word will correct but again, jerking the slack at him, drawing him back to the promise, speaking the word again, verse 13, Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? 
I, and will I, will I really have a child and state, why, why, will I really have a child now that I am old? And then, then look at verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Now here's the thing, and I, I got to end with this, and I, I asked Mandy if I could share this. You know, I want to demonstrate this prayer of faith that we're talking about. And I'm not trying to take credit for Trayson's healing. It was God and multiple people praying. But her son had a burn about two weeks ago. I guess they were on their way to church, spilled hot chocolate coffee or something really, really hot on his ankle, on his leg and his ankle. But the, the, I'm sure the sock didn't get pulled out and it held that heat in. And, and I just, I've done that before, spilled coffee on my son. If I'd have lifted the shirt and blown underneath it, it wouldn't have burnt so bad. So if that ever happens, try to get air underneath that, that will help. But she, she sent me this text, and this was the, the night of, the, of the, the evening or the day of the, the cookout, and he was very disappointed that he didn't get to come. She sent me this, this text, and, and um, she sent me a, the wonderful pictures, and if you were one of the ones that got the wonderful pictures, it looked bad. It was bad. She sent me the picture on Monday morning. She said, poor kid, he didn't get much sleep. He's in a lot of pain. And I, I think Sue and I were together getting ready. I don't, I don't know where, I don't think we were still at the house at the time. And, and I, I saw this, and, and that Sunday night, honestly, I didn't get to pray much. We were trying to do all this stuff, and we, we, wanted, we prayed for him, but we, we, we weren't intent, intentional, as intentional as we maybe should have been. I'm just admit. I mean, it's a burn. Yeah, it won't be that bad. Then we realize it's bad. Lord, this is, my, this is my text here. Lord, give him relief and heal the burn. Restore his flesh and protect his joint. Because that was the first concern that they was going to get in the joint and cause issues. We curse, I, I said, we curse infection of any kind and speak life into that wound to, re, to reverse the damage and restore it to health in Jesus' name. So I established what we were believing God for. I spoke into that situation. This is the way to pray. I'm not telling you I'm something special. I'm, I'm, I'm just demonstrating this. As, as this was reminding me, I went back over this. She said, amen, thank you. She said, so be it, thank you. This is a mama by herself trying to deal with a son who's got a burn that can't sleep, missing school, all these things, the doctor's report. You, you know how difficult that is with your, with your kids. Then she sent me the next, the next morning, on Tuesday, saw the doctor yesterday. They, they peeled some of the dead tissue off. Today, we will be, will be more intense. I'll let you know how it goes. She sent me another wonderful picture. And thank you, by the way, because, I mean, really, I, not that I really wanted to see that, but it, it, but it helped this se severity. And this is what God raised, raised up in me that morning. Burns are very diff, very hard to deal with. With pain, I know, but we are going to believe God. We are going to believe God for His healing continually and His mental ability to handle this. Now listen, I hadn't talked to her. Some of that was experienced, but the Spirit of God began to immediately lead my prayer for Him specifically. First of all, we admit the problem. Fact was, burns are hard to deal with. But here's what we're going to believe for. See, I was interjecting into her the faith to believe. Here's what we're believing for. We're believing that God, God for healing and con continually and His mental ability to handle this. His mental ability. God's, God's mental ability to be in tracing His both dual. I love that. I didn't even plan that. I was reading that back and I thought that's awesome. Then I said, I sent her another text. I said, fear, worry, and dread will not consume him in the name of Jesus. Now, as that came to me in that prayer, God, the Spirit of God raised up in me the spiritual battle that we needed to stand against. First, we set our faith. We're believing God continually for his healing and his mental capacity to handle. That's where we're setting our faith to begin with. We've got we to address that, but immediately 
I said, fear, worry, and dread. That's what the picture my spirit in my spirit I saw, his dread, her having to drag him to the doctor, him dreading that, dreading what he's missing, dreading all these things, dreading another problem that boy's been through. And see, we, but we address the spiritual forces. That's what that's taking authority over. Because fear, worry, and dread are evil. That's the spirits of darkness coming against him. I said, we, we stop those in the name of Jesus. And then, then I said, Lord, then I called on, Lord, give him resilience and an ability to see this through in short order. Then it goes by quickly. I didn't know how long it was going to last. But here's what the doctors will a lot of times tell us. It's going to be a long road. It's going to be hard. I, I love doctors. Sarah's not in here, but, you know, doctors are a blessing. But we don't have to take their word as the final authority. And here's the thing. What will be a long process will happen like that when the Spirit and the power of God is at work in you and for you and through you. And I knew he needed resilience by the Spirit of God. See, I went from declaring what we're going to believe for to addressing the spiritual forces against it and then praying the, the Spirit of God raising up in him to handle it. You say, well, he's just a little boy. He's a born-again child of God. He knew people were praying for him. We'll get to that part in a minute. But he's asking. He asked her. He said, Mama, get people praying. I need help. That the Lord would, 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 it would go by, see it through in short order. He'd have the ability to see it through in short order. Amen. Thank you. We, we still haven't addressed a whole lot. He said, we go back on, she said, we go back on Tuesday for surgeries if he, if, there's not significant healing. So the doctors established their word. They said, here's where we're going if it doesn't change. They're just stating facts. Nothing wrong with that. But I said, so surgery as in skin graft? She said, yes. Pray for big, this is her statement, pray for big healing this week. She said her faith. And I attached mine to hers. I sent back a heart. It says, I, then, then she sent me a picture on Wednesday morning. No, Wednesday evening. So it been 24, uh, be 40, 36 hours. Wow, a whole different picture. I could, I could look at that one while I was eating it. It wasn't bad. <laughs> I feel like it looks better, she says. I feel like it looks, in other words, I'm beginning to see the process change. 36 hours. I said, yes, that looks better. I sent her a text. And then the Lord rose up in me. And I said, Lord, we speak to Tracen's skin to repair itself as you so miraculously created it to do. And we will praise you for, the work, for it working in line with the medicine to heal this wound. No infection, nor loss of use, and no long-term damage in Jesus' name. See, we didn't, we didn't just pray, God, fix this problem. We began to pray and allowed the process of faith to, to build, and then we adjusted the prayers as the Holy Spirit led us. See, the prayer of faith is an amazing thing, but we have to go through that process of learning. I, I didn't learn how to pray that way and with that boldness overnight. It's through time and years and experience. And let me just... Confess before you, every prayer I pray doesn't get answered, so don't run to me like I'm Jesus. I wish it did. But I've seen miracles. I've seen things change because of that boldness to pray. And that's what Jesus is saying when we pray to the mountain in a prayer of faith is the boldness to speak to it, to move, not based on I want you out of my way so I don't have to experience the pain, so I don't have to the struggle of the climb. But I'm going to say you're moving because why? I have faith in God who promised and the God who provides, and here's what he says about it. See, he gives us authority over <clears throat> demonic forces. We can pray against dread, against fear, against those things that are... We can stand against those. We can, we can pray. Listen, I've got to wrap this up, and I know I'm way over time, but I believe that this is as significant as anything that we believe for because here's the thing, we're in a world that is, would love to destroy us. 
He'd love to destroy your marriage. He'd love to destroy your finances. He'd love to steal your hope. He'd love to, he'd love to leave you lonely, and, and, and he'd love to take your kids. He'd love to do so many different things. But we stand in a gap. There's going to be times where you are the intercessor. It ain't always going to be me that's praying these prayers. We all grow. We all learn. I mean, Whitney's been used in several times. Others of you, men, it's amazing what, when we choose to be willing to allow God to work through us that, that he does so. Some of you are very quiet and behind the scenes. But you develop like this and you're giants before God. Moving mountains for others. Amen. Stand. Hallelujah. Please stand. It's kind of bossy. You know, in, in our opportunity to, to pray before God, you know, God's not looking for us to be the perfect person yet. He wants us to be the willing one who will say, okay, God, I'll take you at your word. Let's pray that. Father, we just come before you today, and, and Lord, we know we're, we're, we're a lot like Abram more than Abraham sometimes, or Sarai instead of Sarah. But Lord, we want to be better. We want to go through the process, and Lord, we're willing to come before you with a promise of, of Mark eleven twenty three that we can pray and move the mountain, but Lord, we, we ask you to teach us the faith, how to walk in faith, how to believe you, in a given situation. And Lord, how to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, spiritual gifts type things that come as a result of us coming before you in prayer for our needs and others. And Father God, we pray that, that, that we'd never be, that the power of God never be in short supply because of a lack of our faith. That Lord God, we would choose to allow you to grow us and develop us. So Lord God, as we, as we end this service today, we thank you that we can do that. And, and walk in that walk. And Lord, if there's anybody who's never made Jesus Christ Lord of their life, I pray that they'd seek him out and call upon us so that we can pray with them to receive him. In Jesus' name.